Welcome to the Momfully You podcast. I'm your host, Chastity Holcomb, a trauma therapist, a fellow high-achieving mama, and after years of my clinical experience helping hundreds of people recover from unhealthy family cycles, I'm here to help moms transform what it means to be an emotionally healthy mom in your family. I believe the generations shift when moms heal. So on this podcast, I'm going to walk you through how to do it all while honoring God in the process. So come on in, grab a blanket, and let's lean all the way in. In the age of social media therapy, you get on Instagram, you get on TikTok, and you follow a therapist or two or five or 17, and you hear them just spew out all of these terms and the one-two steps to an emotional, healthy being or one-two step to this and all of that. And if you're not careful, you'll one-two step yourself right into confusion. And I don't want that for you, okay? Especially when you are really actually trying to figure out and get to the root of the cycles and the feelings that you're having, um, especially the feeling of something is wrong with you. Um, but not actually truly ever figuring out what quote unquote it is, but always on this chase, always on this hunt. I've had so many clients that they come into session and they share with me a meme or they share with me an IG live or a graphic or something that they saw on social media. And they're like, this is what I'm dealing with. And if we start to like unpack and like, I ask a few more questions, they realize, oh, yeah, no, that's not. I just kind of, you know, I felt something when I saw it. So I meant that that must be a part of my story. Not actually, not actually, right? So sometimes we will attach our own story. We'll attach our own feelings and emotions to something we see. And it might not be that very accurate. But what happens is we attach our identity to this it thing of chasing. What is it? Something's wrong with me and I need to figure out what it is, right? And the first thing is, there's nothing wrong with you, right? You're altogether lovely. You're altogether beautiful. But despite hearing that and maybe even knowing that as a fact, somewhere in you, there's this deep dissatisfaction. Even though the marriage is fine, the job is fine, the kids are well, you are healthy, right? You don't have any of these big rock problems, what I call big rock problems, no one's cheating or being abusive, right? Um, you feel okay in your job, like the job is doing what it's supposed to do, the business is doing what it's supposed to do, but there's still this like discontentment, this like subtle disappointment. Why am I not feeling how I'm supposed to feel in my life right now, right? The common denominator in those scenarios is you. So you think it's a me thing, like it must be you that is the cause of this. And I would say, again, that it's not about what's wrong with you. It's more about what happened to you. And I know you've probably heard that before. The current cycles that you're seeing, they're calling out to you, right? They're, they're saying, Tasha, listen, we, we've, been, we, we've been here before. We saw that sign about three miles ago, okay? Michelle, I'm, I'm, maybe you didn't see the writing on the wall on the last time, but I'm going to show you again and again and again and again. There, these cycles are calling out to you so we can kind of reshape and reframe the way we see our emotions and our thoughts and some of these patterns 
versus something is wrong with you, right? Versus something is happening, something is calling out to you. Um, but they're calling out to you, right, to get to that root. For my clients, a lot of them, that root is their childhood wounds, their childhood trauma that is like bleeding out into every aspect of your life, right? Some of my clients come to me knowing that they have these negative impacts from the relationships early on, right? Whether it be a parent, my dad wasn't around, my mom was around, but she was, um, the relationship is complicated, right? Um, or you have experienced very, um, intense traumatic experience. Maybe that's sexual abuse or, um, relationship abuse, domestic violence, all those things. Um, they come knowing, right. That these things have, happened, but maybe not how they've shaped or rewired the brain and and perception of, of what you know as yourself today. So some of my clients also have kind of buried this pain deep down and they try to fight it and they try to hide it because the pain of recognizing it for truly what it is feels overwhelming. Have you been there? Like how in the world am I supposed to say Yes, my dad hurt me. Yes, my mom hurt me. Yes, this person deeply wounded me. Because that takes a lot of courage just to own it in and of itself. So if you're in that that place of it's difficult for you to own it, just know that that's very, very common. I did an episode um a few episodes back about why it's hard to admit that, right? Like why that can be such a big thing, that denial um, can be such a big thing. But for a lot of us, when we stay in denial, the hurt keeps them and keeps us, right, in that cycle of chasing, it must be me. So let me just like read more, listen more, sign up for another course, do the things without actually trying to get to the actual root because you're trying to fix you and not trying to dig up the root. So in today's episode, my hope is that I help you identify whether you um, have hurt um, or an injury from childhood and really kind of breaking down how these things happen and how they show up for you. And so we're just going to dig around today. And forewarning, you might have some deep feelings after this episode. And don't run off, okay? Put your earbud back in, okay? Just just come sit with me, come chat with me. I know that it can be easy to um, to put off these kind of conversations and put off these types of because the thing is, it's not sexy talking about this. It's sexy talking about I'm about to go get, you know, I'm about to set up a spa day. Mm, yes. Let me get this new cup so I can drink more water because I know if I'm hydrated, listen, my skin is going to feel better and I myself will be healed. Maybe you're not saying that. But it's more sexy to talk about those things in that way. It's less sexy to admit that deep down inside, we're discontent, we're unhappy, we feel very unhealthy, right? But stick with me if you can. If you feel safe enough to stick with me, please do. Um, Some of these realizations from today's podcast is going to, you know, bring around some Jesus moments, right? Coming to Jesus, let's figure it out. And all of that is common and normal And uh, I'm here with you as we do it. All right. So let's lean all the way in. So a little backstory for you. 
Several years ago, I was a part of a young adult group at uh, a church that I attended in Dallas. And there was this really special segment in the service where people shared their stories and their testimonies. It was always, always so moving to hear like what people had overcome through um, through life and how God had helped kind of shape them and give them, um, bring them out of those, those icky situations, right? And to um, hear how they came out on the other side of the tunnel. Well, I was asked to share my story one day. And I don't know if you remember, but I talked about in a previous episode that I have complex trauma, okay? I had multiple traumatic events from childhood to young adulthood. And at first I was like, hmm, it's a no for me, dog. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. Sign somebody else up. It's not going to be me, you know? But, you know, I thought about it. I prayed about it. And I eventually agreed. And for me, at this point in my life, it was a really big deal for me um, to share because for the most part, I had never really talked about the things that I had experienced. And so I knew I would need some support which let's do a little caveat. It's okay to recognize that when you're doing something big, you're doing something that you know will feel overwhelming, that you be proactive in getting support. Let me just say that again. When you know that you're about to go into something that is going to be very big feeling for you, it's okay to be proactive in getting support. You don't have to wait until you've hit rock bottom, until you've spiraled out, until you're so angry that it's become your new identity that you can be proactive in your support. Now back to the episode. <laughs> so I wanted to get support. So I reached out to um, a therapist and I was, uh, I had just graduated um graduate school for, for my therapy, for counseling. And so I was like a baby therapist, you know, like I of course had, um, had my own experience and I also had been learning about, you know, psychology and counseling and those things. So I was like, okay, but, but in my mind, and let me know if you resonate with this in my mind, I was like, yes, I've gone through those things, but that was a long time ago. Coach, that was, 2014 years ago, maybe at the time it was a little less time, but you know that that was that was that was that was a while ago. I'm different. I'm in a different place in my life. I'm grown, grown. <laughs> 24 talking about I'm grown. I'm grown, grown, and you know all all of it, all these things, right? That 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 doesn't affect me. It has nothing to do with my present day. You feel like that? Like maybe the things that happened in your childhood or a while ago that were extremely hurtful. You feel like just because time has passed, you should be healed. That's not always true. Time is not a prerequisite to healing. It's really not. It's not the thing that is going to get you to the final destination of healing or, or being healed is what people, you know, will kind of preach about. Time will pass and you can still be at the same age, the same emotional state, the same physiological state as you were when the trauma happened. I know that's hard to hear, but it's so, 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 so true. How many times have you met an adult? Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody you used to date. Hopefully it's not your husband. But they emotionally are very, very immature. 
they cannot stand or fathom someone telling them no. They cannot stand or fathom someone saying something negative about them without them spiraling out and, and guilt tripping and gaslighting and making you feel bad for bringing that up to them. They cannot stand or even take, they can't take accountability for their actions, right? And this kind of true repentance, these true apologies um, when it comes to their, their actions by saying it and changing their behavior. So physically... They may be older, but emotionally, they're very young, right? So this is something that I learned myself, even with the knowledge that I had from grad school, the experience that I had, I was thinking because I'm older and because, you know, I got a little bit of knowledge and I can um, intellectualize it a little bit. Okay, this happened because of this. Got it, got it, got it. I thought I was okay. So anyways, I reach out to this therapist and I start um, therapy with her and, you know, I catch her up on my history. I'm like flying through it because essentially I just wanted, I just wanted someone to hear me out. And if it was a red flag for me to share my testimony, I didn't want it to be triggering for other people. Um, I wanted the therapist to just be like, yeah, you're like, you're good. Check, you know, Uh, but I catch up on my history. I fly through it. And she naturally kind of slows me down and she, she starts to process the different segments of each trauma, right? And something very interesting started to happen is she just was lingering there and she kept saying, well, I'll see you next week. And I'm like, ma'am, I'm done. I, I was just coming here to get my check mark. <laughs> Give me my check mark. Oh man, if you've ever been in therapy before <laughs> and you come in for, you know, like, I just want to, I want to be less anxious. Like I want to be calmer. Right. And your therapist starts meddling around in your family of origin. Tell me about your mom and your dad. You're like, man, that ain't got to do what I'm, what I'm here with. Okay. I want to be calm. Why are we talking about my mom? I want to be, um, you know, less combative or less angry. Why are we talking about my dad? (laughs) But sometimes therapists have a way of seeing something that we don't, right? And so if they take us down this path that is completely off script, um, a part of that is like, okay, try to ease up and go with the flow. You can always be vocal and hopefully you are with your therapist. You have that type of safe relationship where you can tell them, okay, can we talk about something else (laughs) until you're ready? Right. Um, but yeah, she kept taking me down this route of family of origin and the, the trauma itself, but also the response to said trauma. What, what, what did your mom say about these things that happened? And then I realized there was hurt there, right? Sometimes it's not just about the event of something negative happening, A lot of times it is the response from other people around you about the event of something negative happening. So a great example of this is, um, say you got into a car accident and that was very traumatic for you. And in scenario A, you um, say your parents pick you up from the, the, the scene of the car accident. You get in the car and they say, Um, why did you, 
why did you get in a car accident? Why did you turn left? You know, you're supposed to turn right right there. And maybe you explain it to them. And they, you know, go into this all interrogation and you feel very attacked, like it's your fault. And you internalize it as, oh man, I'm a bad driver. And from that moment on, you second guess yourself around driving. So you're very nervous and anxious about driving. You don't want to do it anymore because you're a bad driver and you end up in a car accident and it could be deadly next time. Right. And no one ever talks to you about how glad they are that you're alive. No one ever talks to you about how um, comforting or they, they don't really show you the comfort of them being there and them being happy that you are where you are and we'll take care of you. Don't worry about the car. Don't worry about the insurance. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. We just care about you, right? In the scenario of where the response is interrogation, why did you do this? You could have done that. Why didn't you call us? Now we have to get another car. Oh my gosh, this is such a headache. Intensifies the event. In the scenario of, you know, people responding to the car accident with love and kindness, right? In you know, in the sense of, I'm just glad you're okay. Tell me how you feel. It doesn't matter about the car. I know that, you know, we can get you another car. We can call the insurance X, Y, Z work. I'm focused on you and how you feel in this moment. What do you need in this moment? When we have that type of compassionate response to a traumatic event, it does two things. One, it tells us that it's not our fault, which is one of the primary things that I work the hardest on when it comes to working with um, moms who have a history of trauma, a history of childhood wounds, it's the number one belief. It's my fault. Somehow I did something that scared my dad away. Somehow I did something that lured this person in to do um, very inappropriate things to me. Somehow I'm the one that was triggering my mom. And if I just learned how to dumb myself down a little bit more, be a little bit more perfect, um, be a little bit more elaborate in the things that I do, then, then she'll give me praise and show me the love and affection that I need, right? The internalization of it's my fault, the blame that happens there. The other thing that happens is your beliefs and your perceptions and your um, thought processes around whatever that event contained then becomes your blueprint to any relationship you go into, um, any other environments that you enter into, right? So in the instance of the car accident, it's, I don't want to drive anymore because if I drive, then I can get into a car accident and next time it's going to be fatal. Next time it could be something catastrophic, right? And so here you are, um, trying to avoid this thing or anything really that looks even similar to a car accident. You have to ride in the back seat when you're riding with friends because you can't be in the front seat because it reminds you you're having these flashbacks and there's no support to help you through that. That's why the, the more time we spend in denial, the bigger the cycle uh, embeds into our identity, the bigger we make decisions out of that hurt and that pain, right? Versus if someone a parent, a caregiver, um, someone you trusted in those moments when a traumatic event happened, came to you and say, I see you. What do you need? How can I support you versus blaming you and assisting in the narrative that it's your fault? 
right? So that is the difference truly from a hurt and an injury when it comes to childhood wounds. The hurt is, man, that sucked. How can we move forward? How can we support you? An injury says, eh, there's a little bit of fault in there in you. And, and there's no recovery. There's no um, support around it. There's no treatment for it. And so it alters the perspective. Another analogy, because I'm just full of analogies today. It's like if you broke your foot, right? If you, you know, fell down the stairs, you broke, you, you, um, fell down the stairs and you hit your foot. A hurt is like, dang, that hurt. Like I got a little bruise. I need to prop it up just a little bit for a couple of days and then I'm good. Right. The, there's no, there's a short term pain that goes along with that. And then after it just kind of, you're like, ah, I just got to be careful down the steps. An injury, right? You break the foot. And let's just say you don't actually go get treatment. You don't get a cast. You don't get, you know, uh, take any medications for the pain to help you manage it. Then the broken bone doesn't heal. And if it doesn't heal, it alters the way that you walk. In every aspect of your life, you have to get up and go to the potty. You have to get up to go to the potty. <laughs> you have to get up and go to the potty. You have to get up to cook. You have to get up to go to work. You have to get up to shower. Every step you make, you're reminded of your injury. So with childhood wounds, it's very similar. If there's no treatment, no intervention that says we need to support, we need to wrap this cast around you to show that it's, you don't have to get through this alone. It's not your fault. We're going to do what we can to help you through this. If that is not in there, then that's when we see these cycles bleeding out into everything that we do. I know that, um, again, when we think about childhood, sometimes we think about especially when we're younger, maybe not as much as when we're adults, but when we're younger, we think of our parents and caregivers um, and people that, you know, had authority over us in some type of way. We think of them through these rose-colored glasses. And quite literally, we had to, to survive, honestly. I think God created us to be very tethered to specifically our moms because they nurtured us, they fed us, they um, brought kind of a different dimension than our dads did, right? They were very tethered to them. And so we almost have to think of them as these uh, beautiful, unflawed people because anything outside of that completely, completely detours our lives as children. So we have to put on those rules, um, color glasses, and kind of get through the childhood, right? You get older, you become a teenager and you're like, oh, hold on. My friends, they don't have the same experience. So you have this exposure that someone else is living life and living family relationships in a different way. And like, hmm, maybe something's there. What I see is a lot of times in my clients, when they get married or like seriously start dating um, and they get married they really start to ask the question of what's wrong with me. They really start to see some of those cycles, um, negative thought patterns, things that they maybe could conceal when they were single and not with anyone all up in their business every day. Um, they can no longer get a away with that because someone is with you all the time and they can pick up on cycles that maybe you didn't even pick up on. 
and they're bringing to the light some things like, you know, sometimes you act like you don't want me to be, you don't want to be around me. Or sometimes I'm afraid to tell you what I think because then you lash out at me or, you know, you, you yell out of nowhere and I don't know what's going on or you shut down or I feel like I'm trying to get close to you and you keep pushing back and I don't understand. And so now someone is telling you something a little stinky here and it's difficult to ignore it. It's difficult to deny it or becomes a little bit more difficult. And then motherhood enters the chat. And when I tell you she enters, listen, she's flinging doors. She got on a red, bright velvet robe. She's flapping. Motherhood is loud. And she's telling you, girl, did you know that you have been stuffing your emotions for years? For years. Did you know that you have been functioning out of survival mode and high functioning anxiety for years? Did you know that you have this belief about yourself that you're not enough, that you're incapable of love, that somehow, somewhere, people will always find a way to reject and abandon you? Did you know that? Because let me tell you, right? I see that so often. It's like the, a little bit of light comes on when you get married, but it's so bright when motherhood enters the chat. The hurt versus injury, right? The injury shows up. You're limping a little bit more and it's showing, right? Your spouse can see it. Your kids, maybe as they get a little older, they can see it. The... um the difference here really that I'm trying to bring out is that really to validate your experience. And I know for most of you, you know that it's not in, all in your head, but some of you, you, you think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Again, you're thinking like me, time has passed. It's not that, um, it's not that bad. I mean, I'm over it, right? My mom did the best she could. It's fine. I mean, I, my dad is basically a stranger to me okay and right or yeah I was in a long relationship and we were engaged and it ended abruptly but I'm good I'm fine listen we will I'm fine ourselves into places and cycles that we didn't even know existed so this is a validation to you if you um maybe don't necessarily identify with a lot of the trauma speak that you hear on, you know, mainstream social media, or you find yourself trying to figure out, okay, but like not all of that resonates, but some of this does, and that must be it. And so now I have to create the story and make it. No, 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 no. A lot of different things can be hurtful, right? People can say hurtful things and do hurtful things. And it truly is a like, yeah, that sucks, but like, I feel okay. I'm not making decisions out of that. It's not impacting my relationships. Um, I'm not, you know, stuck in a pattern trying to chase or out chase this thing versus, you know, actually I criticize myself a lot because I was criticized as a child and I don't know how to show myself compassion because no one has truly shown me self-compassion before hurt versus injury, hurt versus injury. So, 
Um, I mentioned earlier that this is a deeply filling episode maybe for you. Um, and that's okay, right? Maybe it confirms again that it's not all in your head when it comes to um, childhood wounds or hurt. And maybe it gave you some clarity around like, oh, like actually um, uh, the things that I went through weren't that bad. Maybe it is what you thought it was that it's just hurt, right? Or maybe you're like, dang, I do feel a little injured. I do feel a little like I'm limping, you know? Hopefully, whatever the case is, I hope it unlocked this permission for you to be hurt and to feel hurt and whatever comes up around that, right? Maybe you're giving me the biggest side eye because you had no clue. <laughs> um, you clicked on this episode like, let me just see. And you're like, dang, okay, well. Um, either way, again, I get it and I understand. And because of that, I hope... You know, you don't, you don't feel in this state of like, well, what now? Like, what do I do now? And those are the questions of the century. Now, like, what do I do with this information now that I'm a little privy to it? I'm a little privy, not, not just on, you know, the therapatized Instagram version of this is a narcissist, this is this and da, 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 if you do this, da, 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 but more connected to how you feel about different experiences. What do you do now? Right. And I don't want to be the Instagram therapy therapy person that <laughs> throws those things out to you, but, um, just encouraging you and, and even just reminding you, right? Like reaching out for support. Like I said earlier, being proactive about the support that you receive so that you can get that unique perspective about your story and your life. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but God does not delight in your suffering. He does not delight in you prolonging or saying that you've healed from something when you truly haven't. Because I think you'll notice the difference. You'll notice it in yourself first. Then you'll notice it in your relationships, in your marriage, with your kids, extended family and friends. I think that is when you'll start to see that, right? So my books are open for scheduling a free call with me so we can talk about how you can move from what's wrong with me to how do you heal what happened to you, right? Um, four months, you and I will work together. We'll work through those, how those impacts, um, those negative things have hap happened and impact you and how it, you know, sh makes you show up as a mom and a wife. I mean, even in your career. So run, don't walk. Okay, maybe you can speed walk. Okay, speed walk on over to momvillu.com backslash coaching to book a free call. Again, that is momvillu.com backslash coaching to book a free call. And I cannot wait to support you. As always, thanks for stopping by to chat with me today. I can't wait to do it again. But until then, take care. <laughs>